think. Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. We hadn't even heard of your product. Our oh. son called us and said, you two need to be using this. And, oh, I love it. It really seems to be helping. My energy levels are not always great, but for the last couple of months, it seems to be improving. But it was really strange because our son doesn't recommend a lot of products to us. He's not like that with us. He says, you're my parents. I'm not yours. I'm not telling you what to do. But with this one, he said, no, I think you really need to do this. (laughs) And our son was right. We need to be doing this. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code KATE. While it's still legal, the Kate Deli Show starts now. At 8.46, on the morning of September 11, 2001, the world would forever be changed, and America would forever be altered. A wave of patriotism swept across our country, and the drumbeat of war was heard from our nation's heartland to countries a half a world away. With a war on terror declared, a nation would find itself in an uphill battle that would eventually lead to the destruction of civil liberties and the establishment of a military driven to conflicts based upon political lies and fraudulent official reports. We now begin our investigation into the events of September 11th. What were you told happened that day? Hi there. Welcome. Kate Daly's show, special edition of the show today. And uh, we're going to be talking about 9-11. It'll give us a a little bit of a break um, from talking about the joke of a president that we have or, uh, you know, I all I can say is is I I just can't believe what we're having uh, to deal with uh, with with this fraudulent, very, very fraudulent um, administration. And so I'm what I'm hoping is, is that people now that they understand where we're at as a country. Um, you know, my husband asked me, and I've said this a couple times on the show, he said, how do you know you're on the right side of, of this shot? And I said, look who's trying to give us the shot. <laughs> um, the same corrupt individuals that have been there for years, the same insane, evil, just sick, uh, sick people are, st- are still t- are trying to shove something in our arm. And so maybe the wake up call finally needs to happen. Maybe the cognitive dissonance finally needs uh, to be ripped off so that we can see who they are and what they're doing before it's too late and before we lose this country. And this is why I wanted to do the show today. And I also I, I wanted to um, uh to introduce Rebecca Roth, because Rebecca Roth is an author. Rebecca Roth is a flight attendant, former flight attendant. Rebecca Roth is has also written a series of books on 9-11 after really taking the deep dive into 9-11 and noticing right off the bat that things didn't match protocol um, that day. And as we mourn the uh, almost 3,000 people that died that day and how evil and sick uh, their deaths have been uh, and to, to be able to to see this as a country and say, oh, my gosh, these poor, innocent lives were taken. But even more than that, the families wanted investigations. 
because they knew that things didn't add up. And I support those families in those investigations. And they still want those investigations uh, to be had because I think the best way to honor somebody is to be able to get behind the real perpetrators and the real people behind um, a murder. And that's what took place. All those people were murdered. And so I want to know who exactly did it. And the narrative has never added up for me. There's way too many holes. So I bring on Rebecca Roth, who is the um, amazing author of these series, of this series of books, uh, Methodical Illusion. And oh, by the way, her latest one that's coming out, Methodical Agenda. And uh, welcome to the show, Rebecca Roth. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Oh, I'm so glad to have you. And this is a hard subject because the only thing, you know, people, people will say to me, um, oh, you're not honoring the dead. If you, if you say anything about it, you just have to shut up and not say anything. And I'm thinking that's the worst way to honor somebody. The best way to honor somebody is to get down to the truth. Because if I was murdered and, you know, and they were blaming it on somebody else, I would want to know who did it. I would want to know who the perpetrators were. I would want that information out there. And uh, maybe that could save some lives in what we're facing today um, with this uh, regime of people. But I am so glad you're with me. And you have just finished this fifth book called uh, Methodical Agenda. You have a lot of information, I'm going to imagine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now, uh, I have a, an echo on Is it okay oh, on your end? Uh, yes. Hold on. Let me try to fix something on my end here. Um, are you still getting that? Uh, I think it's better now. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. And so, okay. okay. So give me, give me the, how you can give me a, a short list, maybe three to five things or 10 things. What are the things that are the most obviously wrong uh, things with the narrative of 9-11, the story we've been told? Uh, well, it's interesting. Uh, looking back now, I start, I uh, wrote my first book and I literally printed it out in a manuscript and it was a few inches thick. And I put it on a shelf and I thought, uh, no one will ever read this. No one will ever know. Mm-hmm. And the thing, one of the things that happened to me, I, to me, I look back now on those, you know, six, seven years ago, um, maybe eight years now, uh, is that I actually ran into, and it was just a chance meeting of, of a, one of the guys that we all saw. They looked like they were looking for a contact lens on the lawn of the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. He was one of those guys in that line. Um, there was no airplane parts at the Pentagon on the lawn. And I thought, well, what were you guys looking for? It looked right. like you were looking for somebody's lost contact lens. The 757 is a huge aircraft. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I had a long chat with him. He was a special forces guy. And I actually gave him a new identity and worked him into methodical illusion mm-hmm. because he was at uh, with special forces. And he was at Tora Bora when the White House mm-hmm. and the Secretary of Defense refused to allow them to shoot Osama bin Laden. Then I, after I met him and had that conversation, I knew there was no aircraft there. Right. And I had right. already found that um, uh, seven to ten of the accused hijackers were still alive. So I started my research then when I wrote that first book, and I thought no one would read it. It'd go on a shelf. I ended up mm-hmm. uh, through f- social media talking to a New York uh, firefighter who spent about a month on the pile. And I, after that conversation, I thought, you know what, I'm going to get this thing published. Right. And out it went. And then um, I went on Coast to Coast AM right after that, like three months or so, they called me and I did an interview. And that grabbed a huge audience of people that had seen things, mm-hmm. had heard things that were in the airline and air traffic control, 
all kinds of stuff that um, brought more information uh, to the surface. Gave them a voice. They knew who to contact. They were like, hey, I have a piece of information here that needs to get out. Sure. I love that. Exactly. I became the repository. (laughs) And, and And interestingly enough, there are people that did see things and did print out real passenger manifests. And so there were people that saw things. Well, I started looking really close and I started to see all these red flags about things that couldn't be true about the story. And I Mm -hmm. I started pulling FBI documents, 302 interviews. We all know what those are now after Mike Flynn and Mm -hmm. all the stuff that went through uh, President Trump, right? Right. So I started finding all of these government documents of interviews and what the FBI was saying. And then I found out that the FBI originally claimed that everybody except Mohammed Atta was somebody else on Flight 11. Mm. All those people besides uh, 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 Mohammed Atta showed up alive, so they quickly changed the rest of his crew. Jeez. It's so, and they changed the name. But, you know, for us, if you think about this, a lot of us don't know any Middle Eastern people. Mm-hmm. And so we don't know how their names work. And they're, they have, you know, sometimes three or four names in a row. And they're Al something or other. And there's, you know, they use the A-L part sometimes. Sometimes it's E-L. Sometimes they don't use it at all. So right. there's all these uh, different formats of their name. I think that went past us, most of us, and yeah. we were all in shock. Right. But when I discovered that, and then talking to the special forces guy, and then started looking, well, I knew in 2001 that phone calls could not be made above much more than 1,800 feet, which is like five seconds after takeoff. Right. That's huge. And, huge piece yeah. because of what we heard from the phone calls, uh, the yeah. phone calls being made. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then I started to look at all the details. And on flight 11, where the two flight attendants called in, uh, one called a reservation line, that's something no flight attendant would do because you got put on hold just like passengers do. Right. As if We just wouldn't do that. We would call crew scheduling or a security number that we all know and we know it by heart. So that was kind of odd. But then when I started looking at the things that Betty Ong said, I was, oh, wait a minute now. And I attendant. bet somebody will remember this. A couple of years back, she said that they, um, the the hijacker, he sprayed pepper spray or mace and business class up front by the cockpit, but they couldn't breathe up there. She was at the uh, three right jump seat, which is the very aft jump seat on the right hand side. Mm-hmm. And she had no problem. She was on the phone for nearly a half an hour. And not, not coughing, and you couldn't hear coughing from anybody else. Nothing. Exactly. Mm. A couple of years ago, a Hawaiian Airlines flight had an accident where somebody had pepper spray or mace in their uh, backpack or in their carry-on luggage, and it accidentally exploded. It started spraying because, mm-hmm. you know, your stuff moves around in your luggage from right. the flight, and uh, it made uh, most of the people that were around that area, including some of the crew, so sick they had to be hospitalized when they landed in Hawaii. That's what pepper spray or mace would do to the entire cabin. Sure. So so knowing that, I mean, I knew that then, but I was like, well, that's kind of odd. Well, that told me the plane wasn't pressurized oh. because if it were pressurized, you'd get that on every, even in the bathrooms, the pilots would have it. It would be everywhere. Right. Good point. So then I started to look at all of this stuff very, very differently. Yeah. No. When uh, the other flight attendant called in, she claimed there was one hijacker too, and he was seated at 9B. Mm-hmm. And 9B was a guy who was an Israeli anti-terrorist, anti-hijacking specialist from their special forces called Sayeret Matkal. He could kill anybody with a pen and a credit card. He was fluent in Arabic, Hebrew, and English. He grew up in Denver, moved to uh, Israel when he was a young teenager. Wow. 
And I thought, well, that's kind of odd that mm-hmm. of all the people all on the board, people. they would find somebody that was a hijacking specialist. Because if you're trained in hijacking specialists, whether you're with the FBI or special forces, military, you know how the PA system works on board. Uh-huh. You yeah. know how uh, lots of stuff works on right. board. We actually have things on board that we can use as weapons. And anybody hijack right. training would know that. But we were told he was killed by a plastic box cutter. They'd beheaded him with a plastic box cutter. Now, if you haven't ever done this, you should go to uh, Lowe's Hardware or Home Depot and get one of those plastic box cutters. That you, they're just really, they practically give them away. Mm-hmm. They're just about a half an inch uh, thick, and they're maybe about five inches long, and they have a little blade that pops up. Right. Try, try to cut some chicken with the skin on it doesn't happen yeah okay that's just not going to work so i started to see all these weird details and one of the things we're taught in hijack protocol is to use we were taught to use special code words mm-hmm. and uh, when we contacted the pilots because the pilots have no idea what's going on in the cabin so there were all these things that i saw that were in conflict and one of the most important things about hijacking is that if you're talking to somebody on the ground or through the on the ground through the pilots that all of your details are accurate and the same that they're true it's real and so if betty said she was in three right at the jump seat why did the other flight attendant say they were seated together in the second to the last row of coach ooh and yeah. I started to see all kinds of stuff like that. Both of them claimed a hijacker, just mm-hmm. he, but there were supposedly five. Now, if there were five hijackers, they'd be in the aisle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you would know it. Everyone would know it. And then another thing that Amy said, the other hijacker, she said, well, none of the passengers know anything abnormal is happening. Oh, wow. We're going to come right back more with Rebecca Roth, author of Methodical Illusion, Methodical Deception, Methodical Conclusion, Methodical Exposure, and now Methodical Agenda. Be right back on The Kate Daly Show. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Welcome back, Kate Daly Show. Happy to have you listening in. I have partnered up with Mike Lindell, and uh, he is the only private citizen using his own money to expose the fraud, millions of dollars, and putting on symposiums and all the rest. Go to MyPillow.com. Support him. Support this show. Support Truth and Radio. And when you support this show, you actually get something for doing that. You get these amazing, wonderful products. And I've been blown away. I'm a betting person. And so if you know me, you know I love towels and sheets and and all the rest. And I'm sure my husband just has loved that through the years, right? Um, But that's kind of one of my things. Well, I was really surprised to see the products be such huge huge quality. I mean, amazing quality. I, I found myself telling people about the products off the air. So... Make sure and go to MyPillow.com, put in the code Kate, K-A-T-E, and you're going to get 66% off. The sheet sets are only 49 bucks right now instead of 120 Grab them and get them for Christmas. I don't know what kinds of shortages we're looking at, but this would be the products. Uh, and everyone will love them. And they'll use them every day. The towels, the sheets, and the MyPillows. And if you know somebody that snores, uh, the blue pillow or green uh, label. So the blue label or green label MyPillow that they've always only sold on the site, MyPillow.com. Go to MyPillow.com. 
Um, and put in the code word Kate, and I appreciate you, and thank you. Um, this is such a great way to support Truth and Radio and still get something in return that's amazing. I have Rebecca Roth. She is the author of a series of books that were actually put into fiction form so she could tell uh, the things that she wanted to tell, and I love that. A lot of people are having to do that with uh, the kind of uh, censorship and the kind of lawsuits and everything else that are going on. So I actually love that you did this in story form, Rebecca, and I also love um, your insistence on making sure that you do impeccable research. This is where Rebecca shines in writing these books. And she has so much detail and so many things that are so mind-blowing in every single one of her books about 9-11 that you will ne- you'll never see 9-11 the same way again. Um, and this is why I wanted her on today. We have to cut through the cognitive dissonance to see what's actually going on in government to save this country. And so as, as much as I mourn and you mourn the almost 3,000 people that were slaughtered in, um, in, in what they have done, I want to make sure the perpetrator is known. So thank you, Rebecca Roth. Um, okay, so let's keep going on the list because I asked you about the things that are just too, they, you can't explain them, they're too obvious and they're too insane and somebody cannot put their head in the sand on, on, the, on the items of 9-11. There were so many wrong. I've got an echo again. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. it really easily. Okay. There you go. Okay. It's perfect. Now. Thank you. There were so many things that were wrong. For example, uh, the Pentagon was the most highly protected building in the entire world. Yeah. But I actually was contacted by someone who had a family member that was called up to uh, dismantle the Pentagon's protective shields. Let's Whoa. just call it that. Um, it's amazing. I, the thing, I mean, it's literally to me, it's almost to a point where it's divine how this all happens. But the fact that, uh, the military, um, uh, under the guidance of Dick Cheney, the vice president, the military was doing several drills that day. They were Mm -hmm. drilling commercial planes being hijacked and flown into buildings. So when, uh, NORAD was contacted by air traffic control Everybody thought it was the drill. Is this live action? Is this live? Is this, you know, they just didn't. It caused a, a delay in the system of response that would be normal. Uh, another thing that you can look for this because it's out there. There is Jeez. actually a, a video that someone mm-hmm. has taken of an aluminum plane flying all the way through the South Tower. Aluminum airplanes can't do that. Jeez. So, and, you uh, know, yesterday, the other day on the show, I was mentioning the Northwoods, uh, Project Northwoods, because they came up with a plan of having t- a, a plane and a decoy plane, and they were going to land in an Air Force base. And then the other plane, the drone, the military plane, no one would know that the people weren't in that plane. And so this whole diabolical story was written out in 1963. And that's really disturbing. And so when you mentioned that, I'm like, ah, yes, uh, Northwoods came up with an interesting scenario clear back then. That's yep, Operation crazy. Northwoods. It's been it was declassified mm-hmm. um, the spring of two thousand and one. So it obviously had been looked at by the chairman mm-hmm. of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, which is who created that uh, story. And John F. Kennedy refused to play that game. Yep. But this, uh, what happened on nine eleven, is actually the truth is will shake you up much more than what they showed you on TV. 
that when you once right. you get through yeah. this series of books and it's basically information that has come to me over the years and I have found documentation of and written it into the novel so it's uh, someone said to me once it's not fiction it's faction yeah uh, exactly. I had to do it and what's amazing to me is I had a YouTube channel mm -hmm. and Google attacked my channel and completely nuked it three years ago over novels. What? And I realized then that I was that my airline knowledge, the insider knowledge was such a threat to the deep state, the CIA, uh, Google, uh, that they even still I have a membership uh, site for uh, fans to come to and Google still will throw up a red sign that says this is a phishing site it isn't either but it's a battle between a, a Google and myself that's ongoing for three years over novels so it's very fascinating but anyway back to the list Okay. There were so many things, um, all the details that people that were passengers or phone callers would call in with were in conflict. As I studied through, and, and in this uh, book, this next book, uh, A Methodical Agenda, I really go through this in a big meeting. So it's all this information laid out, um, how uh, there was a lot of information given that were what was conflicting, not just mm -hmm. Betty Young sitting in a jump seat and sitting in a passenger. You have to be one or the other. You can't be in both places. Right. So, but that was the case I found with all that radar. They, uh, I have about a terabyte of Freedom of Information Act data, and a lot of that radar has all of these airplanes at a different location, latitude, longitude, at a different, at the same moment in time. Ooh. You can't be multiple bases. But then, as I went through the made metadata, the timestamp of some of these files, okay. they were created long before 9/11. Oh, including that's the voice file of someone they claimed was Mohammed Atta, but I've been told this voice, actually speaking in a Hebrew accent, um, says we have some planes. We're going back to the airport, and there's a little, and it's been tagged as a terrorist, which is not a, a name we would or a right. designation we would have used in the airline. It would have been a hijacker, and it was uploaded to the FAA. Uh, and copyrighted to the FAA Washington, D.C. computer system at 6.37 a.m. on 9-11-2001. It's meta-tagged in the MP3 file. Oh, my God! So when I started, I, when, to me, I was like, I'm going to say this, but it's to me, it was like God was saying, here, look at this. Now, wow. here, boom, and I got another one. Stuff like that was just coming at me. And then I got contacted by an air traffic controller, uh, who was working at Edwards Air Force Base. He was the military liaison for Area 51. So more information was coming out. So all of these things that were just not right with the, the program, nobody followed FAA set protocol, which had been set since before D.B. Cooper, which oh, was man. like 1970-ish. Oh, my gosh. Um, not to mention so, the buildings. I mean, the, to the yeah. insurance. Uh, <laughs> yeah, God. a lot of stuff. So it, there were all these things, like the pilots never squawked seven. 500, the, the hijack code to tell other planes in the area. And they were over New York City and Boston. I mean, there was there's a lot of planes between New York or Boston and New York and, and uh, Albany, New York. Right. Just in that triangle right there, there's tons of planes and they never squawked 7,500. So nobody around them would know they were hijacked. Just all these weird things. But the real red flag for me was the flight attendants that did call out did not call to a company security line or crew scheduling uh several of them called their home and that's their odd parents. right 
That's all. Yeah. 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 yeah you, you don't do I that. mean, it, this, is, uh, <laughs> this is something like, it's so odd. It would be like me calling the Washington Post to give them a story. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah. but if you could get a call out or the pilots could get a call out, you would use a secure company line specifically for hijacking. A crew scheduler would have the button to push to get everything in motion. The jets would be scrambled. The military jets would be scrambled and all that. So, Hi, Mom, I've been hijacked. I mean, yeah. that's just not right. And these gals, all the flight attendants have been flying long enough. And we go through this yearly. I kind of cover this in the book series. Uh, it's called Recurrent Training, where we re recertify to be uh, mm -hmm. flight attendants every year. Everybody's assigned on uh, once you get your wings on the day of graduation, you're assigned a training month out of the year and you have to go every month of June or whatever uh, and take uh, FAA classes on hijacking, not terrorism, mm -hmm. uh, hijacking, first aid, uh, you know, all the emergency equipment, right. firefighting, heart, heart stuff, issues, health stuff, uh, it, all of that. And the, so the, you, the calls. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just okay. I was just going to say the the calls that that came uh, lasted for a long time, and th that probably wouldn't have happened because of the interruption. So, what do you say to the people that say to you, "Oh no, I am sure I actually called from a plane in the year two thousand one. I know I did." And so, what do you say to those people? Well, you know, throughout all of this, I've gathered several flight attendant sisters mm -hmm. that. Actually, one of them is now uh, currently flying a military uh, refugee charter. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I chat, we chat daily. Uh, and so, Lark, we've become totally sisters, right? Mm -hmm. She flies pretty much once a week, usually to Europe. And every flight, she has an iPhone. And we you chat on my iPad at her iPhone. And she, she uh, takes a look at how many seconds she has cell reception on a brand new iPhone today. Wow. And she still doesn't have cell reception. And she just laughs at me because it took a long time for us in the, in the industry. And I really tried to lay this out in the, in the books from the flight attendant. When you, when you uncover what I've uncovered one, I was scared to death to release it. Mm -hmm. That's why that manuscript sat for two years because right. I figured I would be killed by the government. And that was not a government like we have today. Yeah. So but I, I had foresight, I guess. But wow. anyway, as I let me finish up this mm -hmm. with this sure. uh, this uh, thing because it was so weird because I got a really weird thing with this Google and all of that stuff and a bunch of online trolls making weird accusations mm -hmm. and very strange as I kept looking. But the biggest red flag of all, mm -hmm. the biggest red flag of all came around the time I just finished um, – the fourth book, Methodical Exposure. And let me tell you what that is, because this is the hard thing to swallow. Okay. There were real passenger manifests, not what the FBI showed you. There were real passenger manifests. And it, the minute it came out publicly that there was uh, involvement of, let's just say, American Flight 11 and American Flight 77, mm -hmm. Anybody that had access to uh, airline, uh, American Airlines computer, that would be every ticket agent, every gate agent, many flight attendants and pilots, because we have access to that, because sometimes we're cross-trained, mm -hmm. printed off passenger manifests. And that explains why the FBI was at almost every airport sniffing around trying to find, especially those in the airports of departure, uh, to find out if anybody printed a manuscript. Because the FAA 
initially claimed that there were, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, about a dozen, maybe 10 to 12 names on the passenger manifest mm -hmm. and that ended up being still alive and contacted the U.S. government that I was oh, not wow. a hijacker. I'm still oh, alive. Wow. Okay. Hold that thought. We're going to come right back. Wow. Huge red flag. I want to hear the rest of this. Be right back with author Rebecca Roth and the books Methodical Illusion and the rest. Oh my gosh. Be right back. Kate Daly Show. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm coming to you with one of the most important commercials that I've ever done. All of you know what my pillow and myself have gone through in the last eight months in my efforts to bring the truth forward. Well, now you can help in a couple ways. First, get everyone you know to go to my new media platform, frankspeech.com. There you'll find all the footage from my cyber symposium and many other important broadcasts. Also, I am personally doing a new daily live show to get the truth out. It's at 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. Secondly, I'm offering some of the best prices ever on MyPillow products, but they're only available on frankspeech.com. Go to frankspeech.com now and use the promo code on your screen or call the 1-800 number below to receive these exclusive MyPillow offers. Thank you and God bless. Make sure and put the code word Kate, K-A-T-E. This will get you up to 66% savings at MyPillow.com. The code word Kate, my first name, K-A-T-E. Help support Mike, help support this show, and help support yourself in getting some amazing, amazing products. These are the best ones I've ever owned. Go to MyPillow.com, code word Kate. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. I have just closed my eyes again. Climbed aboard the dream weave chain. Drive and take away my worries of today. And leave tomorrow behind. Welcome back, Kate Daly Show, and uh, we're doing a show about 9-11 today uh, because it's the anniversary tomorrow, and uh, 20 years, 20 years, I cannot believe 20 years, two decades, it seems, I, I remember it like yesterday. Um, make sure you go to balanceofnature.com. I really want all of you to have the gift of health. You need to be eating your vitamins to get through what's coming, and I and I say that, I'm serious, I'm, I'm absolutely serious when I say that, because Biological weapons are real, and our health, I think, is going to be very, very at stake. I think it's at stake right now. Make sure you go to Balance of Nature. This is the most important foundation that you would have to build up the immune system, in my opinion. It's amazing. And 31 fruits and vegetables a day. So they take the phytonutrients out of those clean, chemical-free fruits and vegetables, the best on the planet, and then you're getting all the nutrients. So this is a product you can take in about two seconds every morning. Just make sure you're doing it and build up your immune system. Um, go to go to balanceofnature.com and use the code word Kate, K A. We've partnered up. It helps Truth and Radio. And uh, and then, of course, you're getting a wonderful product, product that's going to help you, too. Uh, Balance of Nature, 
Amazon.com, code word Kate, 35% off, free shipping. You can't beat that anywhere, and it's affordable. Put it in your food budget. It's amazing. Rebecca Roth is with me, and you were just telling us something that's extremely explosive about all of the things that can't be denied from 9-11, all the things of the narrative that don't add up, don't make sense. And uh, let's let's just kind of recap just for just a second if anyone's just coming into the program, Rebecca. So recapping okay i got the echo again oh i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm so bad okay now go ahead okay so recapping all of the uh just insane things like pepper spray and mace being Mm -hmm. sprayed and it was never affected there was a passenger who said the same thing all the people around him were uh getting sick and but he wasn't and like betty ong from Three, she's uh, three right. She's like, you know, they sprayed pepper spray and mace up there, but we're we're not right. getting it back here. Well, that I, that told me right there the plane wasn't even uh, pressurized. So if you're not pressurized, it means you're on the ground. And this was a really difficult thing for me to actually face because I didn't want to face the truth because I was a flight attendant and I didn't want right. this to be true, but I couldn't deny it any longer. This is one of the many things of the red flags. But one of the most interesting stories that came to me after I'd written, well, I might have been partially writing uh, the fourth book, Methodical Exposure, uh, was a um, fl- another flight attendant. And like I said, we are all one big family. Uh, airline people just like connect. So there were a lot of people coming at me that knew things that were places that saw things that uh, knew people that, you know, whatever. Right. And so they would just bring me all this 9-11 information as time would go. And a flight attendant contacted me who was really good friends with a um, ticket agent. And what happened on 9-11 is the FBI showed up at the the uh, airports, and they were looking for the passenger manifests, if anybody printed them up. Now, why would they do that? Because the official story was they they got it from the airlines right away. Well, I also know that we have this saying in the airline, let the press be damned. We don't talk to, we don't talk to them. Nobody talks to them. We have a spokesperson for the company that speaks to Mm -hmm. the press. Okay. So none of this was really making sense to me. But why that happened, eventually it came out to me that, uh, you ready for this? Yeah. Flap, fasten your seatbelt and stow your tray table. I don't want you to drop your chin down on your tray table. Hmm. The reason the FBI was looking for anybody who printed off the passenger manifest for the flights involved, there were no Arabs on the planes. Wow. Wow. There no Arabs. And this is when you got to swallow yeah. hard on this because this was the basis for my last book, Methodical Agenda, because you have to ask yourself then what happened. Right, right. And then look at the results Jeez. of the last 20 years of all the wars we based on the fact that they claimed there were 19 radical Muslims on board, but they weren't on the manifest. They couldn't be on the plane because these were the days, you'll remember, the boarding passes had a stub that they ripped off, and the ticket agents held those, and they they would count to make sure. And at the end of the flight, after everybody gets in the jetway, the Mm -hmm. ticket ticket agent counts all those stubs. They check all the people that are on the plane. They print out the names, and that's the final passenger list the final passenger manifest, and none of them had any Arab names on board. And when I got to that point, knowing everything I'd gone gone through for the first three books, Mm -hmm. and battling Google, 
who didn't want an author flight attendant writing about 9-11. Sure, sure. It started to make sense to me now that this was a massive illusion and a massive deception. And so, and it's for the agenda that's coming and we're living it right now. You're right. So then after that happened... And the ticket agent and the flight attendant contact me that about there, no Arabs were on there. Someone else in my rather large airline family had a face-to-face meeting with one of the captains from one of the planes that was supposed to be dead. Wow. Wow. In North Vancouver, Canada. (sighs) And so that kind of... Those two things took me now to as the the start point of methodical agenda because I kept driving into this saying, well, if there were no Arabs on the plane, they weren't on the manifest, they weren't on board, then who or what, who was the hijacker? And then it dawned on me that on the first flight, Betty and Amy Sweeney said that was a he. There was a he. They pointed to the guy, the Israeli guy from 9B, and, and they said he sprayed pepper spray. He did this. He's coming back from business class. He, he, he. Not five hijackers. Yeah. I started looking at all the details, and I used government data. Jeez. And so then I got my hands on a nearly a terabyte of Freedom of Information Act data, and then I started reading every newspaper, magazine article that every anniversary, since we're coming up to that tomorrow, Every anniversary of 9-11, another story came out. It took me probably about, it was probably 10 years after 9-11 that the truth came out that Betty Ong, who called from her jump seat at 3 right on flight 11, wasn't a crew member, an original crew member assigned. As a matter of fact, seven of the nine crew members, flight attendants, were added at the very last minute. Then I started to look and I went, that's really weird because... That's very odd because yeah. we bid for our flying a month in advance to go around our lifestyle and our babysitters and our kids' school and our doctor's appointments right. and all that. It's very rare that most of your crew would be replaced at the last minute. And then I looked at the next flight, similar story, five out of seven, that I knew that I found out that I'd either read newspaper articles about or some other FBI document or some other government story. So then I, I started to realize that well, if there, and I, I had to keep going back to this in my head, Kate, there were no Arabs on board. Right. They were not really being hijacked. And remember, Betty Ong said, I don't know. We might be being hijacked. If yeah. you ha- Are you being hijacked? There's You're a hijacker no. in the aisle, and he's making demands, and every passenger yeah. knows it. And Amy Sweeney said, the passengers don't know anything abnormal's going on. You're right. And, and at the end of one of the calls, you heard a, what did, what did you hear at one of the end of the calls? Really quiet by a woman. Yeah, where she said, you did great. And it sounded as if there were handlers on board that were people telling the flight attendants what to say or do. And that showed up in that last phone call. That was uh, Cece Lyle's phone call. And again, uh, the flight attendants all broke protocol. They called their father or their mother and father in, you know, Nevada. They called their spouse, uh, two two flight attendants. Cece Lyles called her home and left a couple messages on the home recorder. And then finally her husband picked up. And then another gal, uh, Sandy Bradshaw on Flight 93, she called her husband, who's a U.S. Air pilot. He would know better. 
Jeez. We have a protocol. You don't call home when you're in a hijacking because your parents can't help you. Mommy, mommy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Crazy. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and but- I'm still reeling from the uh, still alive thing. Yeah, the captain's still alive. Yeah. Okay. So- so that ended up coming to me as well. And then after that, Jeez. the uh, the one the first person who contacted me about that, and I've been contacted about people who thought they'd seen a flight attendant at her sister's home. I never got a good follow-up on that. Uh, but that kind of coincides with this captain being alive. So um, that's how book four, Methodical Exposure, Jeez. ended. And that's how book five starts uh, with that captain that was still alive. So what do you say What do you say when people say, well, what happened to the people, Rebecca? Uh, well, that's kind of interesting. Sorry. After I figured out that this was, in fact, what you call a deep state job. Right. The people on the planes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I should have said that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the people on the planes, every uh, the people on the planes were killed. The people in the towers were killed. Um, everyone wasn't killed, obviously, if we find the, uh, at least mm-hmm. one pilot still alive. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm sure other people that were part of this were kept alive. And I've gone through for this last book, people wanted me to write a nonfiction book. I would be dead if I did that. And I'm going to write it and I'm going to wait till yeah, right? <laughs> I get COVID or yes, <laughs> they're seriously. putting me on a ventilator. Then I'm going to say, okay, that's my dead man switch. Oh my Launch gosh. that book. Yes. Um, I'll have it all ready in case yeah. I, you know, yeah. I'm ready to die oh um, because that's how serious it is right now. Because the people that I found who were truly involved will blow your mind. It, it's 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 more horrific. It's more uh, shocking and will shake your world more than the official story you're going to see all over tomorrow over and over and over and over again. The big lie. I call 9-11 the big lie. And now they're even using this. And it's like the collective psychosis mm-hmm not just cognitive dissonance, but the collective psychosis, they're doing the same thing. I'm going to parallel now. What happened on 9-11 mm-hmm. is, a, is a parallel of what happened on January 6th, where the FBI mm-hmm. had informants involved. Yeah. Okay. The CIA had their people involved and foreign other foreign intelligence agencies. Remember the guy in 9B on flight 11 was an Israeli mm-hmm. special forces Massad, uh, mm-hmm. anti-hijacking specialist. Right. Those Jeez. kind of people were involved. There were no Arabs. You have to swallow hard on that one. You just have to say, like, okay, that's right. There were no Arabs. So their entire story is a fiction story exactly like January 6th. People went to a rally, mm-hmm. the last rally for President Trump in their heads. They thought, okay, well, the the election went sideways, so let's go. And a lot of people uh, went to this rally, mm-hmm. and some of them marched over to uh, the Capitol. Some right. of them were invited in by yeah. the police. Some of those people are in solitary confinement for five and six months now and are still to this day being arrested over it. Whoa. And the collective psychosis, the big lie, is that that was a bloody riot and an insurrection. And, <laughs> and the leftist media who lied to you about 9-11 are lying to you about January 6th. Even even the obvious thing, why would they go interrupt the election, uh, the reading of the Electoral College votes when that was what they were there to see? So Mm -hmm. why would they do that? And it wasn't armed. So, yeah, you're exactly right. Um, There was something that was perpetrated. And then those poor people there um, were were used in this event to then claim domestic terrorist and then, you know, the demonization and and everything else. So you're, you're yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, okay. So you're getting back to your question Ooh. about the passengers. Mm-hmm. 
One of the things that uh, that has happened to me in the last couple of years writing this book and then going through all the COVID stuff and everything uh, is that I, I, I read a lot of books like Gideon's Spies, which is all about the Israeli Mossad and the techniques they use for killing people, assassination. You know, mm-hmm. 9B was a highly trained assassin. Assassins right. kill people. He was there. He was the only person the flight attendant said was the hijacker. Jeez. That has to look at, you have to look at that, but look at the media, how they've neglected to mention Ashley Babbitt. Right. They don't, I mean, she's the only one that was murdered through on January 6th, but they won't mention that. It's kind of like 9-11. They use the same recipe whenever Mm -hmm. an intelligence agency is involved. And the deep state is involved. They do the same thing. And now that that video is out about how orchestrated that even was, um, I don't know if people can actually ignore the fact that no no one ever really helped her, touched her. Um, I, after watching that video, I have a clear and distinct question marks about whether or not that was uh, carried out so that they thought that that would provoke violence um, as a false flag. Uh, but we're going to come right back. So we're going to come back for the next hour. You're not going to want to miss this next hour. She, I think I think Rebecca might might bring us through uh, what 9-11, what, what possibly happened and, and hit a lot of those things that she's written about. She has a wonderful book series. Book five is coming out and it explains so much. Your mind, I, my mind was seriously blown when I was reading her books and I've had her on the air before and it's been um, mind blowing. You'll never look at 9-11 the same and we need that cognitive dissonance break um, so we can figure out how to save our country right now too from the same predators um we'll be right back more with rebecca roth when i come back katedallyshow.com or katedallyradio.com both bringing you to the site and the podcast share far and wide let's get america educated please so we can save this country be right back on the kate daly show mm-hmm. 